Matt Sullivan here to remind you to stop putting screens on your gutters. Better to schedule a free estimate with the local experts at Gutter Helmet so you stay off the ladder. Visit GutterHelmetIndy.com. With Gutter Helmet, you'll never clean your gutters again. GutterHelmetIndy.com. Good morning. Today is Thursday, December 22nd. It is seven minutes after nine. This is the Kendall and Casey show on 93 WIBC. Rob Kendall has the day off and filling in. We have Guy Ralford. The gun guy is here. Thank you so much for coming in. Pleasure to come see you, Casey. You know what? Uh, When I left for work today, it was not raining, but now the rain has started and eventually that rain is going to turn into snow. And uh, yeah, we're going to get to Zelensky's dramatic visit to the U.S. in just a bit. But this is something that is going to affect all of us today. The winter storm warnings that have been issued for all of Indiana starting at 3 o'clock this afternoon and going until 7 o'clock tomorrow night. So the current model trends say that the rain will transition to snow slightly around sunset this evening and the heaviest snowfall will fall tonight. And there is a blizzard warning which is issued for the northern counties in Indiana near Lake Michigan including South Bend and I can't tell you how pleased I am that I don't have to deal with that blizzard warning. 25 years was enough. Snowmageddon. That's just vindictive. Yeah. Hey, you know what? I, I, I did my time, guy. Okay, I did right, my right. time. You, you say, you're saying you earned it is what you're saying. Yeah. Right, okay. But uh, Snowmageddon, it's here. It's uh, it's not only bringing snow, but cold. And I've been uh, hearing reports that this front that is sweeping across the country is... Uh, out on the west coast right now and it's making its way here and the temperatures have dropped by 40 degrees in about a half an hour so just prepare to be shut in for a few days my internet provider actually sent me an email and said don't be surprised if you lose service and that's when you know it's going to be bad when your internet provider says yeah we may not be there for you. Yeah, you know what we did last night? I say we. My wife did uh, the most of the work while I was uh, off doing other things at the office. But uh, we moved about three days' worth of uh, firewood into the house. Mm. So it's going to be all nice and dry nice and ready and toasty, to go. And so we've got a wood-burning fireplace. So uh, we are we, we are stocked up. Mm-hmm. They're calling it a once-in-a-generation storm and advisory and warning everybody in the area that this could be a really rapid switch from rain to snow. And then freezing temperatures, so there could be ice and then single digits and flash freeze on Friday. Holcomb has activated 150 National Guard soldiers to serve as highway assistance teams, and the State of Emergency Operations Center will be activated. It it actually, it already is. They activated it at 7 o'clock this morning, and they're saying that cold wind chills could be as low as 10 to 20 below. I don't mind the snow, but man, that cold when it gets on your skin and just bites you, it's dangerous. No doubt. I'll tell you what, though, um, I like this idea of... uh, of activating some of the National Guard as uh, as sort of roadside assistance, mm-hmm. um, because what what else would give you more comfort? Let's say you're you're stuck off on uh, the side of the highway, mm-hmm. look in your rear view and and see a, a big old camouflage Hummer H2 with a Ma Deuce on top rolling mm-hmm. up <laughs> with a tow chain. Hey, I, I, that would that would that would give me some real comfort. I kind of like that idea. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> I have to thread the needle at some point with this storm because my daughter is at Purdue and she has just a little Nissan and she's supposed to work tonight at Tippecanoe Mall and I'm kind of hoping that the mall says we're closing early so she can hit the road or I can hit the road to go get her and it's one of those do I go 
tonight and get her while this is all happening or do I try tomorrow morning after the snow falls and it's like I said I'm trying to thread a needle because my vehicle will be a little bit more dependable than hers because I can put it in four-wheel drive. Yeah, you know, my theory on that typically on these is that uh, I'll, I'll try to you know look at the forecast and decide when the precipitation ends mm-hmm. or at least dramatically falls off and then give the road crews time to clear a, a few it. hours, get out there and, and get things cleaned up a bit and then, you know, try to schedule my travel if I can for mm-hmm. after that. So, you know, when when's it over? When, when, are, the, when are the plows and salt trucks going to be on the road? And then what's a reasonable amount of time for them to have made some improvements, that's when I when I tend to hit the road at that point. Yeah, well, I'm hoping that they're, they've pre-treated all the roads as well. Yeah, because, yeah well, because we'll see. that yeah. will definitely help. Yeah. 113 million people traveling over the holiday weekend. 70 million people are going to be under a wind chill alert, and a lot of flights have already been canceled, over 1,000 flights. And you know what? I heard you uh, talking about something. I Was it this weekend? It might have been this weekend during your show. You were talking about checking a gun if you're traveling at an airport. Uh And I was fascinated by that. And I thought that would be something really interesting for everybody who's traveling that we could get into that. So let's do that coming up. But first, we have to talk about this visit. Ukraine's President Zelensky made to Washington his first known trip outside of Ukraine since the Russian invasion began in February. He met with President Biden at the White House. He later addressed Congress. Uh, Lawmakers are set to vote on a $45 billion, uh, you know, spending package. Here you go. Here's our money. Biden also announced that the U.S. is going to send Patriot anti-missile batteries to help them. I was told at one point that that takes American soldiers to operate, um, but they keep saying, no, you won't have American boots on the ground. But with this visit, Biden offers another $1.8 billion in financial help and these missiles and Zelensky's initial reaction was, it's not enough. Let's listen to Biden as he lays out the plan. For to make it easier for the Department of Defense to procure critical munitions and defense materials for Ukraine and other key materials to strengthen our national security. Today, I'm announcing the next tranche of our security assistance to Ukraine. $1.85 billion package of security assistance that includes both direct transfers of equipment to you that Ukraine needs, as well as contracts to supply ammunition Ukraine will need in the months. Okay, so um, a lot going on here, and there's been positive and negative response from this. Biden tried to give a statement to the Ukrainian people, and uh, like always, he, he just bumbled right through it. And no matter how important this moment is on the international stage, What does our president do? He mucks it up. Good to know that he can deliver like he does every other day. To Ukrainian people, I say to them all, you have demonstrated, you've shown your strong stand against aggression in the face of the imperial appetites of autocrats who wrongfully believe you might, you might, they they might be able to make might right and they're not able to do it. Thus far, they've not, they've stood alone. You know, and you have, but you haven't stood alone. You have had significant, significant help. Yeah, significant help. 
Man, I'll tell you what. Hundred billion I, significant it, helps. It, you know, it just it's been going on now uh, for for years since he's been in office. But every time that guy speaks publicly on important issues, mm-hmm. he embarrasses this country. Mm-hmm. He just embarrasses it. And you know, and sometimes he just he, he loses track. He can't find his words. Sometimes you know he does crazy things like turn around and try to shake hands with imaginary people. Mm-hmm. Didn't he sound intoxicated in that? I mean, mm-hmm. he's just slurring his words. His his words all run into each other. And I'm not even, I'm not suggesting for a minute he was actually intoxicated mm-hmm. it's just the state of his mental decline and and he cannot enunciate he can't put together a cogent sentence and it's gotten to the point where it is embarrassing this country on the world stage and our enemies are watching this that's mm-hmm. what's scary to me every mm-hmm. every time i see that you know he's speaking to the ukrainian people and i'm sure a lot of people watch that and think boy uh, you know i bet he wasn't very inspiring to the ukrainian people well that's absolutely true i'm thinking about what 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 the leaders of china Mm-hmm. Uh, think when they watch. I'm thinking about what the leaders of North Korea think, or Putin himself, for that matter. The, right. the, our enemies are watching that because he projects an image of weakness for this entire country. He, you know, he's the commander in chief, he's the president, and he's so-called leader of the free world. And when he stands up and embarrasses himself like that and can't put together an intelligible sentence, uh, much less enunciate wor- simple words, um, he, he's embarrassing this country. And I think he imperils this country. I think it's dangerous for America to have such a weak, incompetent leader. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, and it scares me. It scares me because uh, the weakness of America simply means uh, our enemies are stronger. Mm-hmm. Well, you had mentioned China's watching, North yes. Korea's watching. Yeah. When Zelensky was speaking in Congress, and we'll get to that coming up, you got to know Putin was watching. I mean, he's talking oh, yeah. to the American sure. people. He's talking to the Congress people. He's talking to the Ukrainian people. But he's also talking to Putin. And uh, Victoria Sparts here in Indiana got some flack uh, because she didn't clap enough. And we're going to get to the standing ovations that Zelensky got and, and everything. It's on the way from 93 WIBC. Good morning. It's 20 minutes after 9. This is the Kendall and Casey Show on 93 WIBC. Rob Kendall has the day off, and Guy Relford is sitting in today. So let's continue on talking about the big event that happened last night with uh, the Congress, and that was that President Zelensky from the Ukraine was speaking. And uh, during the speech, he was welcomed by numerous ovations. Just couldn't get enough. He received 18 standing ovations during the speech. And Republican Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy who's likely going to be the next Speaker of the House. Mm -hmm. He stood and clapped along with everybody else at nearly every single interval. Some of the other uh, guys, Jim Jordan, Matt Gaetz, Lauren Boebert, they stood for about half of the ovations, but they they still clapped. Uh, Gates at one point looked like he was on his phone throughout part of the speech, and he was actually showing something to Lauren Boebert uh, and smiling about something, so kind of had half of his attention. But I've noticed that uh, Victoria Sparts from Indiana is getting a little flack uh, because she didn't clap. She, when he left, her head was kind of down, and uh, some people are thinking, and, and she's from Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So some people are saying she didn't give him enough support. Well, I, I got to tell you, I mean, I, um, I've gotten to know Victoria Sparts a little bit. Um, I've seen her recently at a couple of different events, and, uh, and I've talked to her a little bit um, about some of these issues. And I got to tell you, in my mind, the entire country 
including Congress, uh, ought to be looking to Victoria Sparks for guidance on these issues, particularly when it, when it comes to Ukraine. And and look, I, I I could never speak for her in a million years, and I wouldn't endeavor to do so. But but I can I can speculate a little bit about what was going through her head. I think mm-hmm. she had two different things going through her head. One is as she said publicly, and she caught a lot of heat for this. In fact, uh, she was called uh, on on Twitter, I believe it was uh, called. Putin's puppet, Mm -hmm. because she came out at one point after another one of these massive Ukraine spending bills came out, Mm -hmm. and we're sending these billions and billions and billions of dollars into Ukraine. And all she came out and she said, I want to know how much oversight there is on where this money is going once Mm -hmm. it arrives in Ukraine. I want to know how much due diligence we're doing on making sure that the American taxpayer's money is actually going to the the arms and and the training and the, the, the logistical support of the troops on the ground, and do Doing what our government is telling us it's going to do, mm-hmm. as opposed to winding up in the hands of corrupt politicians. Right. And and, and she said, I, you know, I, I I I'm fine with supporting Ukraine, but keep in mind, these are not good people necessarily. We, we're on their side in the war with Russia, and I get that. And we want to stop Russian aggression, and I get that. But what we don't want to do is 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 fund a bunch of corrupt politicians in Ukraine. And Ukraine has had a long history of corruptions. Who was it that put Hunter Biden on a board of a petroleum company mm-hmm. and paid him gazillions of dollars simply for access to the United States government and 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 and, uh, and our vice president at the time? That was Ukraine. That's mm-hmm. who we're talking about. Okay. So we we've got we've got a lot of corrupt people in Ukraine and Victoria Sparks saying, let's have some oversight. And she was probably said, and she knows these people. She's from Ukraine. You know, she, she understands the culture. She understands the government. She understands the personalities and the people. And, and, and again, I'm purely speculating. I would never speak for Victoria Sparks. But if she's sitting there and not clapping a lot, she's probably thinking to herself, I know where a lot of this money is going to go, and it's not going where the rest of these people think it's going to go. Mm-hmm. Secondly, she also would understand because she's one of the few in Congress, as Republicans, who, who has on occasion stepped up and said, I want to get in the way of this runaway spending mm. that this government continues to engage in. Are you and, talking about the $1.7 trillion omnibus the $1. bill? the $1.7 trillion omnibus spending yeah. bill. Yeah. Which, by the way, I'm going to talk about Saturday also has $10 billion in it for gun control, and I'll get into that on Saturday. But okay. at any rate, um, so, so the context of the discussion was not just, hey, we're here to support Zelensky in Ukraine. It was not about this additional $1.8 billion now we want to spend. But that's on top of that. I think it was $46 billion that's in the omnibus spending bill for Ukraine. Mm-hmm. And, and, and Zelensky was here trumping for that. Yeah. Stumping. I said trumping. Stumping for that right. as well. And so he was here saying, you know, you really need the, the, the subtle, not so subtle underlying message here was you need to support the omnibus spending bill, all right. 1.7 trillion of it, right. or so else that, you're turning your back on Ukraine. Right. The timing is very interesting, isn't it? It is. And so they're dangling this carrot mm-hmm. in front of Congress to say, oh, golly gee, you know, here's this great guy, Zelensky. He's a freedom fighter. He's standing up to Russian aggression. Mm-hmm. We need to we need to support him, and we need to support the omnibus spending bill that has all this other crap in it, right. as you and Rob went through yesterday. Yeah. And, and I, so, heard, I heard you on Hammer and Nigel's the reason I know that. And so the, all this other incredibly overspending is in this bill, but you got to vote for it. Right, because if you don't, that, that means you're against liberty. Exactly and, you're, right. and you're for dictatorship and communist regimes. Exactly right. It, 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 it's, a, it's a used car salesman technique. Uh, you need this little thing over here, so you mm-hmm. got to buy the whole car. Yeah. And that's what was going on in Congress. And so, again, 
I, I can't speak for Congress Congresswoman Sparts in any way, shape, or form, but if she's not real enthused about this, mm-hmm. I would guess it's for those two reasons. Yeah. And what about uh, at the end of the speech with the Ukrainian flag? Did that rub you the wrong way? Yeah, I don't. I don't think any flag should ever be be, be flown in in, in mm-hmm. the United States Congress under the United States flag. And I, yeah. And and look, I, I I hope Ukraine wins, and 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 I'm all against I'm all against the Russian invasion. Uh, but I don't think any flag should ever fly in the United States Congress except our flag. And how does this end? I mean, at one point, what what's the end game here? Who who is who is Zelensky? Who's getting all of this money? How does it end? Because if we quote win. Who's going to replace Putin? Right. Yeah. And what is what is that? What does that mean for us? Well, that's right. You know, it's really- all of this money we're funneling over there. How beholden is Ukraine going to be to us forever? Well, that's, it's a it's a really important point, Casey, and I'm glad you raised it because uh, a couple of issues. One is, you know, anytime the United States government spends money that that is the United States taxpayers' money. They mm-hmm. ought to consider that an investment. Mm-hmm. And anytime you make an investment, you ought to be asking what the return on investment is. Right. Right? I mean, you don't just go um, invest in a, in a mutual fund or buy a stock without some anticipation of what you expect to get in return. Mm-hmm. And when the United States government, there's not enough of this accountability, there's not enough in thinking in these terms, they ought to be considering it an investment. And what I've never heard anyone explain, enunciate in any way, is what is the return on investment for the, for the, for the billions and billions of dollars that we're sending into Ukraine. If it's simply because we don't like Vladimir Putin and and we want to stop Russian aggression, mm-hmm. at the same time, you have to say, all right, how is that good for the American people if we win? What's the end game? Exactly as you phrased it. Mm-hmm. And where, what, you know, the, One of the seven habits of highly effective people, begin with the end in mind. What's the end? What's the, what, end? What's the logical outcome mm-hmm. that's good for the American people? Right. Whether it's politically or economically or otherwise, what is it that's good for the American people as a result of Congress spending this kind of crazy money mm-hmm. in Ukraine? And I've never heard an answer to that question. And it's, I don't think it's lost on anybody. And we got to get to break because I know uh, Kurt Darling is sitting by ready for the news. Uh, it's not lost on anybody that we're sending all of this money to another country to protect their borders, and yet ours, oh, and ours are not. That's an incredibly uh, powerful yeah, point. Yeah. It's 928. This is the Kendall and Casey Show on 93 WIBC. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. So the shooter had a laptop and a cell phone. Good morning. It is 932. It is the Kendall and Casey show on 93 WIBC. Rob has the day off and Guy Relford is here. All right, Guy, this is uh, this is your area. So let's talk about the Greenwood Mall shooter. He had a cell phone. Cops were hoping it would lead to his motive. It didn't produce any. And uh, so I'm curious, how often do we see manifestos or get answers and why... I mean, I understand the curiosity, the the desire to know. Do we ever really get an answer in a situation like what happened at the Greenwood Mall? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Sometimes we do. 
Uh, and, you know, we have had uh, people leave behind manifestos. A lot of times they're rambling and somewhat mm-hmm. incoherent, but at least you can decipher what was driving this person in the sense of, you know, were they a racist? Uh, were they a homophobe? You know, were, you know, were, were they um, uh, a supporter of Al-Qaeda? You know, we saw that at the Pulse nightclub shooting in Orlando um, where he was, he, he was anti-gay and he was also supposedly uh, a, a follower of, uh, of Al-Qaeda and did that in in the name of Al Qaeda, so that mm-hmm. there, there are some things there. Theoretically, if you, if, if law enforcement can identify a motive, that that may help them uh, look for other people with similar motives. It may help make help them theoretically stop an, another mass shooting in the in the, in the future. I think it's more than anything for closure. I think just you know the community is curious, uh, the the families, the victims are curious. You know mm-hmm. why did my loved one die? Yeah. Why why did this person kill my loved one? Mm-hmm. I mean. Um, I, I would have an interest in knowing an answer to that question if I were a member of the victim's family. It's I don't know that if closure is the right word, but at least answering some of those otherwise unanswered questions has a value. And and what was going on and, and the reason there was just a press conference yesterday by uh, Greenwood Police Chief James Ison, who it, by the way is a is a is an excellent cop, and and he's done an excellent job throughout a very difficult circumstance around this Greenwood Park Mall shooting, and I really have a lot of respect for him, and uh, his deputy chief uh, is also an outstanding individual, and 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 Jay Arnold is his name, and at any rate, um, the reason they had this press conference yesterday, and the reason they had it five months after the shooting, the shooting was July 17th Mm -hmm. of this year. Well, what was going on, and you alluded to this uh, as you opened the story, and that is that they wanted to essentially announce the results, the conclusion right. yeah. of their investigation. And they, they couldn't do that without getting as much information as they possibly could, both off the, the bad guys. And I, and I don't use these guys' wor- uh, names. I, I don't. Mass shooters. Yeah, uh, no, I haven't said that. Th- they're name after either. notoriety. And this yeah. guy was. He was infatuated with mass shootings. He was a student of mass shootings. I mean, that 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 came out um, through the investigation uh, and essentially going through the guy's social media posts. Well, right, that, that, that they found that he liked talking about tactics and motives and yes. details of other mass shootings. Exactly. How many occurred in a gun-free zone because mm-hmm. you don't expect to get a, a, you know, an armed resistance in a gun-free zone. And, and, and what was interesting about his social media is he wasn't necessarily advocating uh, you know, a mass shootings. He, he wasn't he he wasn't expressing admiration for mass shooters, and that's why it never really tipped law enforcement off. He was just more or less a student of them. Mm. He was also uh, apparently infatuated with uh, Nazi Germany, mm. and he had he had usernames and email addresses that talked about uh, the the Greater Third Reich and, and crazy stuff like that. But he, he wasn't so much advocating or expressing admiration, so it didn't tip off law enforcement. And but at any rate, the 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 conclusion uh, of the investigation, which was announced yesterday, it, it happened because um, they, they wanted to draw the investigation to a close to a large degree. They also wanted to announce what they did or didn't get off the electronic devices of the bad guy, the shooter. Mm-hmm. And uh, Well, they, apparently he, he threw his cell phone in a toilet. Yeah, he, his cell phone was in the toilet um, for an hour uh, during the shooting and, and, and before, because this guy sat in a bathroom for an hour in the Greenwood Park Mall before he emerged from the bathroom and started shooting. They were able to dry out mm-hmm. and start the cell phone. The laptop had been placed in an oven with a 
can of butane in the guy's apartment. Oh, wow. And the oven heated up enough where the butane exploded and mm-hmm. it destroyed the hard drive. They couldn't get anything off the computer. But they did, uh, they were able to, to dry out and start the phone, except it's an iPhone and, right. and, it, and it's encrypted. They can't open it. And so there's like a million different uh, Literally a million different yeah. uh, combinations to open it up. It's hooked up to a program that randomly or sequentially feeds in these different combinations. But there's over a million potential combinations. And once you feed four wrong ones in, the phone shuts down. Yeah. So you got to restart the phone and start over. This can literally take two or three years. Oh, wow. They finally said, look, it's gone on long enough. Mm-hmm. And it was a newer phone. They didn't think there was going to be that much on it. And they, they got so much information off his social media. They said, hey, let's announce the conclusion. Let's give some explanations, if not closure, to the families. Uh, and they also wanted to announce um, that uh, that even though uh, my client, uh, Elijah Dickin, mm-hmm. uh, used deadly force, right, and and, 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 and took the, the bad guy's life, that there would obviously not be any charges against him, that not only was he acting lawfully under Indiana's uh, self-defense law that also includes the right to defend others, uh, but also uh, that he's a hero. And mm-hmm. they, they, they regularly... Um, uh, praised him during the the investigation, and they certainly did multiple times during the news conference yesterday at the Greenwood uh, uh, Town Center, City Center, uh, that he's a hero. And in fact, at one point, one of the reporters there said, "Well, what do you say to the people of Greenwood? I mean, how how can we feel safe when we go out in public or even go to the mall? You know, mm-hmm. here during Christmas shopping." And uh, and uh, the chief said. Chief Eisen said, I think something very poignant. He said, listen, he said, these things can happen anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, they're very rare events, but yes, it happened here. And he said, you know, you, 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 you can't walk around in fear. You have to re- live your life. Yeah. And cops can't be everywhere at the same time. And then he said, you know, and sometimes uh, what you really need is an Elijah Dickin who's mm-hmm. there, who's willing to take heroic action to save lives. And okay. that, that, that meant a lot to me that he said that. Now, you, you spoke at the press conference, and we're going to share that later in the show. But I wanted to mention the T-shirt that you're wearing right yeah, now right, it yeah. says says 15 seconds be like Eli yeah well um, as the the police have announced multiple times um, the time from when the bad guy emerged from the bathroom and started shooting and he mm-hmm. killed three innocent people and I, and I don't ever want to lose sight of the fact I, you know when people are saying wow you know Eli did this great job which he did and either Eli's a hero and saved lives well he did at the same time I also want to acknowledge the three innocent people lost their lives that mm-hmm. day and, and we all ought to be cognizant of that and keep them in our in our thoughts at the same time um, within 15 seconds mm-hmm. after the shooting started uh, Eli realized what was going on drew his firearm engaged the threat and neutralize the threat, uh, 15 seconds. And yeah. that sounds, you know, I mean, in a lot of training classes, you know, I'm, I'm out where, you know, we're trying to draw a gun and get a shot on target in, in a second or less. And as people say, well, 15 seconds, you're sitting in a mall having dinner with mm-hmm. your girlfriend. Yeah. People are screaming, shots are ringing out to acclimate to what's going on. Get yourself in a position to take shots, take shots effectively and end a threat starting at a distance of 43 yards away. Okay. And you said you saw the video. I did yesterday. Finally. Yeah. And other than law enforcement I'm the only one who's seen the video and police wanted to show it to me because they wanted me to be able to convey to Eli mm-hmm. their thoughts and and they wanted him to to know exactly what is on the video I mean it was they did it they showed it to me not 
for my information is so I can relay information to Eli as his attorney. And, and it's amazing to me. I mean, I, I'm a, I'm an instructor. I have been for 30 years. I, right. I take a lot of training every year. I've taken four different tactical training courses this and you year said alone. That even his feet were in the right. Everything was right. Everything was right. And, and the police, when I first told him, or Eli actually first told him that he had no formal training, mm-hmm. uh, their mouths all just dropped yeah. open because you watch this thing and he looks like a member of SEAL Team 6. He does everything right. He, he engages from cover, meaning he's protected. Mm-hmm. Um, he braces against a tall mall shot can, so his, his, his shot uh, trash can, tall trash receptacle. So, but he braces so that his, his uh, gun is steady and he's that much more accurate. Um, he advances on the target in exactly the right way after he emerges from cover when he couldn't, um, he didn't have a shot from where he was because the shooter had moved trying to get back into the bathrooms. Everything he did was right. Everything he did looked like a member of a SWAT team. And it was really fascinating because he has no formal training whatsoever. And my only explanation, and I, I've said this uh, to the media, I said it during the press conference yesterday, I, the hand of God was on this young man. There's no other explanation. Somebody was looking out. Yeah. Okay, no, there's so, no doubt. so you're, are you going to sell these t-shirts, 15 seconds, be like Eli? Is this- uh, well, yeah, there, there's, we're doing some fundraising both uh, for Eli himself. Mm-hmm. And uh, and also, um, Eli is a big supporter uh, of, of the Second Amendment and gun mm-hmm. rights. And so we have a... Um, uh, gun rights organization that I actually started here in Indiana. It's a nonprofit. It's called the Two A Project, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, we're we're kind of splitting the proceeds. We haven't offered them up for sale yet. We didn't want to do that while the investigation was still pending. But now that it's over, but now that it's over, yeah, yeah we're gonna get them out there. We're gonna we're gonna get uh, Eli the, some of the support that he needs um, financially and otherwise, and then uh, yeah, and we're gonna raise some money for the Two A Project to, so that other people mm-hmm. can be in a position to lawfully carry a firearm and, and defend themselves and others exactly like Eli did without the Second Amendment rights that we have here in. Indiana, he couldn't have done what he did to save those lives, right. and we don't want people to lose sight of that. Okay, so there's been this article that came out yesterday in the Indiana Capital Chronicle, and it's talking about gun sales throughout the state of Indiana, and are they up, are they down? We're going to get into it next on 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Later on, we'll conspire as we dream by the fire. Good morning. It is the Kendall and Casey Face show on 93 WIBC. Rob has the day off and Guy Relford is here. And uh, yesterday... They wrapped up the Greenwood Mall shooter case, and uh, we've been talking about that, but there was also this new report that came out from the Indiana Capital Chronicle that says Hoosiers purchased an estimated 42,305 guns in November of this year, and that was a 1% decline from the previous month. Uh, However, year over year, we're at about a 1% increase, and it seems that we've been on a bit of a, a, just an increase, a consistent, steady increase, a little bit of a spike around 2020, but it's still kind of a steady increase. Mm -hmm. And um, do you think, is this all because of defund the police movements and, and... Um, Well, it's, it's been really a steady uptick um, since the beginning of the Obama administration. And, and, and when you run a graph, uh, you look at the graphs of gun purchases per year, um, 
everyone's been very concerned, everyone was very concerned for the eight years of Obama, because he kept saying, we're going to ban assault weapons, mm-hmm. we're going to you know, restrict Second Amendment rights in all these different ways. And he wasn't a- ever able to do that politically. But but when when, when Americans are told their rights are going to go away, mm-hmm. they, they'll want to go out and exercise those rights before mm-hmm. they can be taken, <clears throat> excuse me, taken away. And so- yeah. Um, that was part of it. Um, and then running up to the 2016 election, a lot of people were very concerned that the polls were right and Hillary Clinton was going to be elected president. And she made no bones about it. She was very clear during the campaign. Here's here's all the things I'm going to do to restrict gun rights. This is a, 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 a candidate for president who, who said that uh, she um, didn't think the Second Amendment even gave an individual right to bear arms to American citizens, that it was uh, it was limited to the military or members of the of the uh, a national Guard, that is the well-regulated militia part mm-hmm. of the Second Amendment. Yeah. And of course, the Supreme Court has rejected that, but that was Hillary Clinton's view. Um, and so when she was uh, looking like uh, our next president, a lot of people ran out mm-hmm. and bought guns. And then every time a bill gets introduced, there's an assault weapon ban this uh, Congress that's been passed in the House. And in fact, a, a bunch of um, of politicians are urging uh, the Senate to take it up before Congress ends, which is just in a day or so, including our own beloved Joe Hogsett uh, mm-hmm. here. Uh, it was one of uh, a couple of dozen mayors that sent a letter to Congress saying, pass the assault weapon ban, take it up in the Senate so we can get it passed this Congress before Republicans take over the House. Um, and I don't think that's going to happen. But when Americans see those bills being introduced, they see them passing the House or otherwise, uh, what are they going to do? They're going to say, well, I want to exercise my right before it's taken away. Right. Or if they're going to ban certain firearms, yep. I, if I want that firearm, I'm going to go buy it now. And this happens year after year. What what was really interesting is from the middle 90s up through about 2000, that every year we increased gun sales pretty much. It was pretty much linear. But every year we had decreasing homicides in America. It was really interesting. There, were, there was an inverse, direct mm-hmm. inverse relationship between gun sales going up and murders going down. And you could track it, and it was really interesting. Murders have had an uptick, and we've had a swing up on uh, violent crime generally, but murder specifically, since about 2000. And I relate that directly to defund the police, mm-hmm. police being attacked, um, that you know, whole order of society is attacked, in my mind, when we attack the police. A lot of, of people, I think, are been emboldened to go out there and commit crimes. And so we've had an uptick in murders the last couple of years. I think that's from the, the violence of 2020 and the defund the police movement. So we've seen a little bit of a hockey stick, hockey stick effect at the end of that graph when we're talking about declining murders. But at the same time, it's all very uh, linear for the most part, and increased gun sales, I attribute to more and more people people deciding simply to take responsibility for their own safety, the mm-hmm. safety of their own homes, the safety of their own families. And 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 in and, and no small part, the stories like Greenwood Park Mall, because the people ask themselves, what would I have done if I'd been sitting in that food court and a guy walks out of the bathroom with an AR yeah. shooting me and my family uh, or you know others around me, how would I react? What capability would I have to defend myself? And, and I personally wouldn't uh, forgive myself if I had the ability, legally and otherwise, to defend my family, defend other innocent people around me, and I didn't avail myself of that opportunity, I, I, I couldn't live with that. And a lot of people have decided that they feel the same way. So this report says that the majority of guns being purchased by both Americans and Hoosiers were handguns, 61% for Americans and Hoosiers, 64%, uh, more popular than long guns. Yeah, because you know you can carry one mm-hmm. with you. You know, I, I, I carry a gun everywhere I 
I can lawfully carry a gun. And most people don't look at me and say, oh, I bet that guy's carrying a gun because I carry concealed. Uh, that's what a handgun allows you to do. Um, that's what Eli Dickin was doing in the Greenwood Park Mall that allowed him to save uh, literally dozens of lives. And so, yeah, they're always going to be more popular. At the same time, for, for whatever reason, uh, long guns, in, including the, the AR platform, they get a lot of political heat. Again, there's a so-called assault weapon ban. I hate that term. It's a made-up political term meant to demonize the largest uh, class and most popular class of American long guns in history. But um, but when people um, see those potentially going away, then yeah, they're going to go buy those too. But handguns are always going to outpace long guns on sales. And that's what people mostly check when they go to the airport. So yeah, right. let's yeah, okay. Right. Yeah, so right. you were you were talking about this. 113 million people traveling over the weekend, and some of them maybe getting on planes. And uh, you are allowed to take your gun with you, but you have to check it when you're at the airport. So yeah. you are the expert in this. So if there's somebody traveling and they want to do that, let's t- take everybody through the process, how that works. Sure. No, I mean, I do this all the time because I go to a lot of training classes out of state. And uh, right. I've been to two this year. I went out to Gunsight in Arizona. I think the premier training facility in the world. And I took uh, an AR and, and a pistol. And so what it is, is uh, you can declare an unloaded gun in your checked bag. Mm-hmm. It has to be in a locked, hard-sided container. Um, and when they say hard-sided, they mean it. If they can pry open one end of it and see the gun um, or even come close, they're not. They're going to reject it. Locked t- is going to be with a padlock, typically. Um, there are combination locks um, that you can you know, potentially put a handgun in. Um, but, uh, but it has to be locked in some way. I like using a padlock with a key because you go up to the to the ticket counter mm-hmm. the, where you check bags right. and you say, I want to declare an unloaded gun in my checked bag. Um, they then uh, make you open it up right there at the baggage counter, which can be entertaining. I mean, here, I open this big uh, custom case I have made for a rifle and a, and a pistol and uh, there's an AR-15 and a pistol and I've got a whole group of people standing behind me or watching me opening these things up. By the way, last time I did it was just in November and uh, there was a, a lady standing behind me and I opened this thing up and she could see my rifle and my pistol. She goes, I don't want to go on that flight. And immediately from right behind her, I hear a guy go, yeah, I do. I do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, but at any rate, um, they used to years ago, and I'm so glad they changed this years ago, the person behind the ticket counter the, who takes your checked bag mm-hmm. used to check your gun to make sure it's unloaded. I mean, this, and it, was, it drove me crazy because this person could be working at the, at the airport, you know, for like three days. Now suddenly they're, they're checking my AR-15. They, they used to be directing traffic out in the parking lot. Yeah, well, now exactly. The now they're clearing my 1911 handgun. Mm-hmm. Are you serious? Um, but now they have you sign this placard, a little red card. It says, I declare, you know, under penalties for perjury, this gun's unloaded. Mm-hmm. You sign that. They put it right in the case with your gun. They have you relock it. Then it disappears on the carousel. Then they give you a little piece of paper that says, I have declared an unloaded gun in my checked bag. When you go to security, that first person who wants to see your boarding pass and your ID, you give that to them. Okay. You go through security, expect to get an extra little love and affection going through yeah, security. Um, you, you get through security, then there's a TSA kiosk right on the other side mm-hmm. of the x-ray machine and the magnetometer. You go back to them and say, hey, I've declared a, a gun in my bag. They say, wait here. Um, and they get on the phone and they talk to somebody back behind closed doors. I think they're x-raying your case. Mm-hmm. I, that's my speculation. But I think they're ex- trying to see if they can tell whether the gun's unloaded from an x-ray. And typically they can't. So now they need your key mm-hmm. or the combination. So that's why I like having a key. I keep it around my neck as I'm traveling. I hand them my key. They disappear. They can be gone a while. So mm-hmm. you, you need to allow yourself a lot of extra time. They eventually come back and say, okay, you're good to go. Go get on your flight. I was Traveling with you must 
take much longer than the average <laughs> person. Does. It does. Yeah, I, I get to the airport obscenely early, mm-hmm. um, uh, either because I'm carrying guns and I have to allow for that process, or because I like having uh, uh, several cold beers in an airport when I'm traveling, <laughs> right. well, you know, or, or both. You know, you, you never know. But but no, that's how the process works. Um, what's interesting though, and and um, and and we can certainly talk about this, and, and we don't have a lot of time, but uh, is a lot of people uh, forget. There are guns in their carry-on, and that leads to a whole other problem, and I I represent those people regularly. Because they forgot to declare it. Well, and because you can't take it through uh, security. It has to go in your checked bag. Mm -hmm. So that bag's gone. You don't have anything to do with that bag until you pick it up at at your destination. What people... Uh, either uh, do, and I can't believe many do it intentionally. Most people, and I represent these people all the time, you know, they've got a, a gym bag or, or a backpack or mm-hmm. a briefcase where, that they carry a gun in. Mm-hmm. They get a quick trip that comes up. You know, a lot of times people travel for business. So a, a you know, lady gets a call from her boss saying, hey, we need you in Chicago tomorrow. Okay, I'll go you know, run to the airport, throw some underwear in a bag, you know, right? Yep. And, 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 and run to the airport forgetting that it's there. stainless that revolver That happened to me with pepper backpack. spray. Yeah, there. Yeah, I had some pepper yeah. spray connected to a duffel bag. Forgot about it. Got up to the counter. I realized, and the guy looked at me and said, "Go take it back out to your car." Yeah, and now so think, I did that. And now, if that's a handgun, that's a crime. That's a class A misdemeanor, and they will potentially arrest you and uh, take you through the legal process. It's nine fifty-six. It's a Kendall and Casey show on ninety-three WIBC, and that is Guy Relford sitting in today. Thank you for listening. Yes, until the other kiddies knock him down.